Welcome to the 205 Vibe. I am your host, Earl Dotson Jr. It's good to be back. It's good to be in the presence of two men that I certainly respect. Uh, they do a great job for the Rockford Public Schools, and I'm happy uh, to have a chance to talk to them about, uh, you know, a, a, a serious topic. Uh, but we're going to try to have a conversation and uh, bring some information and, uh, you know, do it in a way that uh, the folks out there can can understand and, and uh, absorb the conversation. But I'm with the one and only the director of security for Rock Public Schools, my man, Freddie D, 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 D. Say hello to the people. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Earl. I appreciate it. And of course, our chief officer for our technology services, uh, Mr. Jason Barthel also known as J-Rock. Jason Barthel, how you doing, sir? Hey, good morning. It's great to be back. Been a little while. I know, huh? I know. We got to stop bringing, bringing you back. I don't think that, you know, for just to have some conversations about some of the other stuff you do instead of some of the times we have a, a little bit of crises, but that's okay. You know, that's that's what this platform is for. But first, I just I just want to just, just I, I know I gave you the titles, kind of your titles, but just so the people know a little bit about who, who we're talking to. Just talk a little bit about your backgrounds. Just, you know, who you are a little bit, some, something, your expertise, kind of how long you've been with the district, uh, just so people know kind of all the things that you guys have done and, and currently do. Fred, why don't we start with you? Just a little bit about your background and, and your role. Certainly. Um, so I've got over 40 years experience doing these kinds of things. I am a retired military person, Navy. I was a master at arms, retired E9. I've been with the district now for about 16 years. Uh, physical security is what I did in the military. Physical security is what I do here. Uh, I am responsible for liaisoning with police, fire, emergency responders. I am FEMA certified in incident command. And uh, that's what I do. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Jason. Uh, so like Fred, but much less, I uh, spent a little time in the military myself, eight years. Uh, and I was actually working with Winnebago County uh, doing IT. I've been doing IT for a little over 20 years now. Um, but uh, I have a little expertise a little bit as well in the physical security side. Was able to work with the sheriff's office at Winnebago County for a number of years uh, to be able to do some incident command and emergency operations things, running their communications. Had a great uh, time doing that. Uh, was able to bring some of that knowledge across. I've been at the district for about five years now. Uh, that'll be in August. I'll hit five years uh, and was was able to help the technology department when I when I came on board here navigate through uh, the ransomware, the big cyber incident that we had in 2019. So Jason, I'm just going to just flip back to you and, and Fred, I'll come to you really quickly as well. Um, you know, when we talk about, you know, security, right, that, 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 that means a lot of different things to a lot of people, right? There's, there's a physical security, there's a, and then there's also a, a, a person, someone feeling safe. When you hear that term, particularly in a school district, what, what what does that mean to you? What do you what do you think about when you talk when someone says you know being a secure, safe district? When I think about safety, especially in a school district, it's not just the physical safety; it's also the digital safety, uh, and that's what we do now for the IT department to provide that safe environment digitally when they're online when they're doing things. I think we talk a lot about uh, psychological safety as well, and I think there that is a huge component. Uh, so if I'm a student and I come to school, really what our goal is at the district is that anything that might be going on at home with that student, when they come to the classroom, they feel safe so they can uh, they can achieve in the classroom. They have no other obstacles when they come in there. So if they're walking through the building uh, and coming in and they know that uh, they're, they're safe and they don't have to worry about 
the, the physical security side, uh, they don't have to worry about, I'm going to get online and something happens, that they can just focus on what they have to do in the classroom. Yes, sir. Thank you. What about you, Fred? What do you think about when you, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, but, and you see it all, right? You see all of it, but you know, what, what is that? What do you think about when you hear that word? What does it mean to be safe and, and, and secure in, in a district, in a school district? So to kind of dovetail on what Jason just talked about, um, for me, safety involves processes, procedures, people, hardware. It, it's a variety of different things. It's a tiered approach that we start before you ever get to the building. So we have the curb, we have the grounds, we have the the outside structure of the building, we have the inside structure of the building, we have people, it's processes, procedures, it's understanding, it's it's access cards, it's keys, it's 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 what you say on the microphone when you're in the building. It's it's how you communicate with people. So safety is a huge security. Safety is a huge topic. There there are many different touch points to it. So I'm and I'm gonna stay with you, friend. I'm just kind of go back and forth. Jason mentioned kind of the ransomware as a thing as of late, and it's a kind of a recent phenomenon. I'll say we've had safety where it's been you know there's a fire drill, there's a tornado drill. There's all these other things. What's it like now? How has that evolved now into how schools and school districts and how they need to be prepared for this this current threat? That's a very good question. Um, Thank you, sir. You know, I think I go back a little further than you, and I can tell you that in my day, we didn't worry about things like this because it wasn't a thing. Things have changed. I, I think that the, the biggest asset we have is the relationship between staff and students. Students trusting adults to bring information forward is probably the number one way we are able to counter threats in the building. Um, different people have different views on things. Different people live different lifestyles. And, and again, we don't know what we can't see. So when something happens at home, something happens on the street, something happens in the building, it's, it's very important for that student to trust the staff that they, they work with on a daily basis or that they interact with on a daily basis. We are in a new era where the law enforcement drills take on new meaning. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on in the podcast. Jason, what about you? When you think about that, um, you know, h- how we um, prepare for that, how, how, again, how things have changed over the what, what students have to come and face over the threats that, you know, people in, in our roles have to kind of prepare for. How have you had to prepare differently over the years for kind of what some of the new threats? So first, you know, I definitely agree with Fred and it it is a changed environment. And even just since, since I was in school, um, you didn't have to think about this thing, but I think one of the big components of this is the immediate access to information when things like this happens, and uh, and not just information, but misinformation to a degree. And I think when when that is normalized, you know, through media, through social media, it makes it a lot more difficult and challenging uh, to continue to build that trust relationship, uh, you know, between the teachers, between the students, and even uh, some of our security staff in the building know that we're there to protect those students. Uh, so I think one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest changes is how do we continue to build that trusting relationship? How do we communicate more effectively uh, and be able to let people know that we're, we're doing the things to keep the students safe in the buildings? Because that's the, 
one of the most important things for us. So before I dive into, I know the district just kind of underwent, uh, you know, just an audit, um, a security audit. What are some of the things is, I, that the district has just been doing kind of even before we decided to kind of dive into an audit? What, what's some of the things, Fred, for example, that you've just been working on um, that people just may not even know about? Again, great question. Um, so since 2007, I've been with the district, and one of the first things I started working on was keyless access. So we, we have virtually eliminated keys for exterior doors. We're, we're better able to control who's coming into our buildings and uh, having accountability assigned to that. The other thing we talk about is lighting. I, I mean, people don't think about lighting being a security feature, but people in well-lit areas are less prone to fall victim to crime. So we want nice, bright areas. We're working with our custodial staff at night to ensure that when they're locking the buildings up, they're finding whatever issue might be out there. They're communicating that to us immediately. Secure vestibules is another thing which we're going to be wrapping up this summer. Every building will have a secure vestibule. And I can tell you that of the vestibules installed, several have been effective at stopping people from getting in buildings that shouldn't have been there. Before you go for it, just, just so everyone just knows what that is, when you talk about a secure vestibule, what, what, what does that look like? If I'm just if I'm a visitor, if I'm a parent coming into a school, what does that look like? What is that experience? All right. So what we did is we borrowed from the banking industry. A secure vestibule is also known as a man trap, person trap. It is a three-tiered system designed to provide people three opportunities to prevent somebody from getting into the building. At the front door, we have the call button with the camera so that the clericals inside the building can talk to an individual as well as see them to evaluate if they're there for hostile intent. Then you have a waiting area inside, so that's number two. They're in between the outside and inside. Again, we have the full screen glass that you can look through there so you can visually see this person from head to toe and then make the determination again, if they're, if they're hostile, not to let them in. If they're okay, then you can let them in. And then once we get them in the office, that is the third level. Um, that is the opportunity to talk to them face-to-face -to, -face to discover where they're going and what they're doing. So that's exactly what that is. Thank, mm -hmm. thank you for that, that explanation. And then just going back to just what, what is the data or what is the you know, best practices say? Why, why should our, all our buildings be um, keyless access? What, what's the advantage to that? Well, it does a couple of things for us. Number one, if you issue a key, you've lost control of the key. And I'm talking about a physical key. Sure. Um, keyless access, we control. We, we can shut off things. We can turn things on. Um, it provides accountability. And it is a standard that we are seeing throughout the area. Okay, um, perfect. Schools Sorry. are migrating this way. And again, talking with Jason, we're probably going to be upgrading our current system. I'll get back to that in a minute. I do want to talk about cameras. Yes, sir. We have gone full bore the last two years installing cameras both inside and outside the building. Again, that is not a deterrent effect in, in per se. It is, but it's not. It captures stuff. It allows us to be able to see things without putting ourselves outside to see what's going on or gives us the ability to investigate things after the fact. Again. People see that, and again, we're hardening our buildings. Hardening our buildings goes to the thing of, is it, is, am I going to commit a crime inside a school and get away with it? Because let's face it, that's what people want to do. They want, they want to go in and get away with it and be able to retreat. 
where we are making it very difficult for them to be anonymous. We're taking that away from them. And I'm sure that's a big help in law enforcement and just ca- capturing all those things. And I'm sure that's helped. And I don't think in numerous ways of just, just having those eyes. So another great investment. Jason, let me ask you this. So, you, you know, we've heard Fred talk about just a few of some of the really high level things that the district has done from a physical security perspective, um, just to keep us safe, uh, keep students safe, keep our staff safe. Um, and it also helps the community. We talk about cameras and, and some of those other collaborations. The district just underwent a security audit. Just talk about first why the administration felt that that was necessary to kind of do a deep dive like that. So any industry, just as the technology world is, as well, as well as in the physical security world, uh, you know, things change very rapidly. Uh, we hadn't done a security audit, I think, uh, since 2015, um, and technology has changed. Uh, so it was, we felt it important to get an outside set of eyes on the things that we that may need a deeper dive and maybe be addressed. And, and Fred's done a fantastic job. And the district's done a fantastic job at addressing things from the 2015 audit, but we needed to get new information on on additional layers of security. Fred mentioned earlier that uh, security is a tiered approach, a tiered strategy, and uh, security technologies is a big part of that. And with uh, the uh, oncoming and uh, surgence of uh, AI, that's something we we're looking at uh, and what we can talk more about. But the, adding those type of things to be a force multiplier for us when staffing is such a, uh, a concern to make sure we have the appropriate uh, individuals in there, we can, we can leverage AI in those cases where we may not be able to have a human. So uh, using that as part of uh, that impetus to go forward with a security audit was something we had in mind when we did so. Awesome. You guys are doing great. Let me just dive into a couple of just specifics, if you will. Jason, just, I just want to piggyback off of that. So one thing we know with the proliferation of weapons, guns in society, we, we understand sometimes how that those things, um, it seeps into kind of our student body, our communities and in other ways. When we talk about weapons, does the district have any plans to deal with the prospect ever of someone or students or people bringing weapons into the building? Have you thought about that? Do you have any plans to address that? So, yes, I'll speak on the, the technology side. And if Fred wants to uh, chime in a little bit on more of the staffing side or the facilities side. But uh, uh, as early last week, uh, in the, this week, and then uh, it would have been two weeks ago, uh, we visited all of our high schools and we brought a company in uh, to look at implementing a security platform. It's a weapons detection platform. It's a little bit different than what your typical... Um, metal detectors are, uh, it uses a magnetic field uh, that uh, when a student walks through or individuals walk through, uh, just general walking through, uh, it's able to detect uh, concealed weapons on an individual. So that, that helps us, deter- one, it's a deterrent because you have a physical uh, um, device that uh, students are walking through and staff or really anybody that comes into the building, but two, it's able to quickly detect if uh, someone is sneaking something in. So uh, from a technology perspective, that'll be very helpful for us. And then we look at things uh, you know, such as AI and what type of technologies that are available for our cameras, um, whether it's uh, uh, parking lot cameras or exterior cameras, because much like the technology world, you want to try to push the threat out on the perimeter as far as you can, because what that does in the physical security world is give you more time to react in the event that there's a 
a weapon that's detected, let's say in the parking lot, a brandished weapon. It gives you time to do that lockdown, and, and seconds are very crucial in, in this particular thing. So, you know, we're looking right now at moving forward with the weapons detection uh, as early as the next school year, the start of next school year. That's our goal for the high schools. Um, Sure. And that's our kind of our phase one. And this is really moving in tandem as we work forward with getting a, a, a multi-year plan together and, and presenting that to the board here in June for what that multi-year plan looks like. But we knew that there are a couple key things we can do to help the students and the staff feel more safe as they enter next school year. Awesome. Now, thank you for that clarity, because this is all right. None of this has been presented to the board yet. These are all just kind of planning. Um, we haven't kind of really um, kind of come up with anything formal, but I appreciate you being very candid about um, because that's good. People need to know that their districts are thinking about these things and and kind of ahead of the game and planning for that. And Fred, along those lines, and we talk about uh, again, this came out of concerns that uh, again there may or not be weapons in our in our buildings. Um, there's been some incidents of, of that. Um, I know we know in other school districts, right? These you know whether it's scanners, some of these other technology has become kind of somewhat normal or getting kids accustomed to this. What does that look like from a ground level when you talk about staff in the building, uh, preparing students for that, preparing families for that? Um, just just talk about from that lens um, up close. I want to dovetail off what Jason said. You know, technology is a fantastic thing, but it's not the only thing. Again, going with a tiered approach, we, we have to have multiple systems in place so that if one system doesn't catch something, we have another system that potentially may. So we talk about people, we talk about processes, we talk about technology. So on the people front, one of the things that we continue to do is training. Okay, um, Once we deploy, when the board approves, once we deploy our resources, training will take effect. So we'll start that process. Um, staffing, getting, getting adequate staff in the buildings to take care of things is, is something that we uh, work on daily. Um, uh, the current environment um, is, is difficult to navigate with the employment picture, but uh, we continue to go down that path. And again, we're, we're looking at partnerships with different areas to help us, like with the Rockford Police Department. Um, we have a variety of different things going on that they are working on in addition to what the school district is working on. So again, there, there are many things that we can do with this kind of stuff. The foundational piece to all of this was securing buildings. It's getting the keyless access on buildings. It's, it's getting cameras in the buildings. It's getting the vestibules in buildings so that when we do detect stuff, we have the ability to keep it out if we can catch it before it gets in, or we can lock it down inside the building and prevent any kind of uh, catastrophe from happening. Sure. Um, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I just like to jump in and dovetail because I, I, uh, I heard you ask the question of how do, you, uh, how do you make them feel comfortable or get used to having things like that in our building? And I go back to 2019 uh, with the ransomware incident, and we started rolling out multi-factor authentication for our teachers. And what we brought forward was not a new concept. Uh, it was a new concept of the district, but it wasn't a new concept of, of, of individuals. People are already doing things uh, with multi-factor authentication with their banking, you know, whether the, with their Amazon accounts and, and different things outside of the district and outside of the school district already. Uh, and this is the same thing as we bring things like weapons detection in for, for our students and our staff that attend sporting events, uh, concerts. 
um, or even just down the road at Hurricane Harbor, they have the same technology in place. So I think it's not necessarily a new concept uh, for an individual to pass through something like that. We're just bringing it in where we need it here at the district. If I may, that's exactly why we had the audit completed. Best practice in our particular industry and other industries, take a look at where we are and help us identify some areas that we can improve in. Let's talk about just a couple of this kind of high level things, things you deal with every day uh, on a daily basis. How should we look at crime in the city? People who, you know, shoot guns at each other and oftentimes in, in school zones. And unfortunately, you know, we just we have to deal with some of that sometimes. What's the district's kind of responsibility and response? What should that look like? I know there's a responsibility to certainly uh, update families, let people know kind of what the situation is, but it's more of a law enforcement issue. And our job is to cooperate and watch them, let them kind of do their job. But what's, what's your view on when these things happen in our community, when we have to deal with violence, um, how should we respond to that? Okay, so the school district is a part of the community. We employ the school resource officers with the Rockford Police Department for a variety of different reasons. One of the things that I think is the most essential part of having that police officer in buildings is the relationships they build with students and staff. The goal, obviously, is to prevent problems from happening, whether it's in school or in the community. So I see the school district as being a component of that. The other thing that we bring to the table is resources, social workers, psychologists, trusted teachers, trusted administrators, a variety of different programs that go to support our youth, our students, and in bettering the city. So again, it is a partnership and we are a large part of that. And, and that is the ultimate goal. It's the security officers in the building. One of their particular goals is to develop those relationships with students. So again, we can prevent things from happening. If, if something is brought to us and we can prevent or, or wrap resources around an individual to get them on the right track, that's exactly why we're there. Great answer. Mr. Barthel, did you did you want to follow? Did you have anything else with that, sir? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I agree. It's a partnership. It's a collaboration. But go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I, I think I would add by saying I, I don't think we can downplay the impact of what the environment, uh, you know, in the, in the crime that uh, that ha- that it has on a student in the classroom. It's it's just another distraction that takes them away from why they're there. And you know, some of the things we've done at the district to help, and it's not necessarily you know digging in deep, but understanding just having that awareness. Uh, you know, things like the Handle with Care program that uh, was put into place uh, during, uh, really during that pandemic and, and on forward. I think that was very important for us uh, because we don't know uh, what that student is coming in that morning uh, with uh, and the baggage that they're bringing in. But if we are aware that they, something is impact, that could impact their learning, we're just there to provide those social emotional supports. And I think that's one thing the district has done a fantastic job with over the past few years and using some of those federal dollars to be able to do that. So I think that's an important role for us too. And it's becoming, it's become more and more so really the last couple of years. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you both. A couple of weeks ago, we had an incident at East high school uh, where we received a, a call of an active shooter that was in the building. Fortunately, it turned out to not be 
that um, it turned out to be an, an incident that's called swatting. And so I just want to get you all's perspective and thoughts on the response and what happened and how you think everybody performed. Uh, so I'm happy to kick it off, at least kind of paint a picture of what swatting is. Uh, it's really not a new concept. Uh, when the when we started shifting from a technology perspective from your old physical phone lines to VoIP phone lines, uh, that's 15, 20 years ago now, uh, that's when this started to become an issue because uh, in, that, in the first kind of occurrences of swatting, what would happen when I signed up for a, a VoIP phone line or internet-based phone line at home, there was no address verification. So I could put any address is where that place of residence is. And then I make a 911 call. It's going to go to the 911 center where the address was. So that's kind of the beginnings of what swatting started uh, to be, which was really uh, an interesting approach. Now it's become more sophisticated. Um, and I'll use the term, and, and some may know what it is, but uh, it's tour swats. And what, what allows uh, to do, it's really uh, swatting as a service. So it's become that much more... Uh, sophisticated and for a very low dollar amount, um, uh, someone can pay for that service and uh, use a, a few specific apps and have that just taken care of for them. Uh, so it's become much, much more of a challenge. And and, and just for layman terms, that's a, that, thank you, Chase. But basically, it's someone who can, you know, from a different location, say there's an incident happening at some, somewhere else. Um, is that just real quick? Is that why? You know, have you, do you have any, either of you have any uh, data on, is that why it makes it hard to catch these folks sometimes? Because can they do it from anywhere over the world, anywhere in the country? Is that why, is that why it makes it difficult for law enforcement to kind of catch these folks? Yes, they can. And in the technology world, uh, I could be sitting here in Rockford, Illinois and make my internet traffic look like it's coming from anywhere too. So that makes it more difficult uh, through the use of a VPN, of a virtual private network. So that's what we're seeing more and more of. And, uh, with the swatting this year, just in public education, I, I pulled information as uh, just this morning, and there's been 85 incidents uh, of swatting for public education just this year alone. And actually, about 30% of those <laughs> happened last week during our incident. There were 26 schools, uh, school districts, that received a similar swatting car a call as uh, just as we did last Wednesday. So it's becoming more and more prevalent and it's more, it's, it's difficult to track down. And even we have uh, the FBI looking at this particular case because it's potentially linked with others. So. Sure. sure. Thank you. Fred, you were on the ground that day. Um, you know, what, what, what did, what did that look like? What, what did it, what did it look like just from a school district perspective? What did it look like from a law enforcement perspective? You know, how do you, how did you feel that the things were, were handled? Because certainly, uh, the anxiety of, of parents and families thinking and other loved ones thinking about their students based on the information that they're hearing from all these sources. What, what, did, what did that day look like um, from your lens? In one word, it was impressive to see the overwhelming police response and the number of officers that responded to this to go ahead and secure the building. Um, I I, I literally got held at the door for about 15 minutes before I was able to get into the building to see what was going on. So the police did a, a fantastic job at, at forming the perimeter, securing the building, getting in and doing the things that they needed to do. Um, it was very obvious they've drilled in this because they had a method and they, they executed it and they were quickly able to make their way through the building. The staff and the students did exactly what they were trained to do. 
um, which helped the police execute their plan. And within a short period of time, we were pretty confident that we were able to identify this as a swatting incident and not a real shooting. Um, with all responses, there are always lessons learned. And, and one of the things that we do and the police are doing and have done is reviewing processes, procedures, talking to different individuals, gathering those lessons learned, and then bringing them to the table so we can take a look at what we can do to better our response to that. One of the things that I, and I think you'll appreciate this, is we try to get clear, concise, factual information sent out so people can make good decisions based on good data. Um, again, with, with any emergency response, communication always is going to be brought out as being a problem. I, I will tell you that we're, we're not immune from that, uh, but we did a fairly decent job getting information out. Uh, again, some lessons learned there, and we'll do that. Overall, I'm, I'm encouraged with the collaboration between the police department and the school district and all the responders that were there, because it goes beyond that. The fire department was involved, other police departments were involved, the school district was involved. A lot of people participated in this. And I, and I would say that, yes, we, we've got some tightening up to do on some things, but overall it was effective. You know, I, you know, I guess just being here that day, I guess the emotion that I felt that I'm, and I'm sure a lot of other people felt was just terror. It's a feeling I don't think I've ever felt before of just sheer, um, you know, I was I was just sick. I, you know, I had this feeling in my stomach and uh, I've never felt before thinking. And I don't know if, if when you talk about J Jason, do the whole swatting incident, is that is that part of the motive for the people who do this is to just cause sheer panic uh, in people? And, uh, and I think about our students who, um, you know, some of them young, you know, our young students who and, and staff who um, who also felt that way, particularly with when, when you're at the ground level. And and so I just wanted to just say that because, again, you know, thank God you're right. Of course, that it wasn't a real thing. But again, it's something that we have to deal with. And I don't know, again, just to, the type of individuals who would take advantage and, and do things like that just to cause you know, those type of emotions. And I, I, I was thinking, I know you we're, no, we're not we're not psych psychologists, but I, I guess I'm thinking, how do you. You know, we talk about moving forward, you know, I, I, you know, I, the, our responsibility to those students and those families to just move forward and feel safe, safer. And, and is that what you're talking about in terms of just being prepared and doing all the things that we need to do as a district to kind of ensure, you know, some sense of stability and, 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 and calm that, that, you know, the people here will do our best to, to protect them from some of these things. So one of the things you asked me in the last podcast was, Fred, what keeps you up at night? This was it. This, this was the worst case scenario for me. This is having to deal with these kinds of things. And, and to correlate that into your response, what is good to see is the heightened awareness of staff and wanting to bring in more training and do those kinds of things to prepare their staff knowing that we've already implemented a variety of hardened, i.e. facility-type things, technology-type things, I think you, you couple that together, and I think this, the sense of wellness over time will help balance out. My concern is when you look back to 9-11, way back, 
and and the heightened security posture that the nation had, as we get further away from that, what we're starting to see is people forget about what happened back then, and, and we start to relax, and we take a lot of things, not in the context that maybe we should. What this has done is is elevated it again. So uh, again, we, we need to take advantage of that and, and get the things implemented and keep people at a heightened level. Is that is that part of when we talk about that audit again that you guys you the district spent some time in in going through that whole process? And I'm I'm not trying to make uh, ask any <laughs> political questions, but we hear all sorts of solutions, right? And to your point, um, Fred, this heightened sense of awareness. I mean, at some point, do we do we have a concern that people will just start arming themselves? for protection, uh, bringing, bringing weapons in the buildings. I, I hear, uh, Hey, we need to harden schools. Uh, we need, um, you know, we need security in buildings, which we have some of that. Uh, we need to arm people in the buildings. Um, I mean, are those, I mean, is that what, is that what the audit kind of told us is best practices is more armed people, uh, you know, a, a more secure facility. How do how do you, hard in a building is it you know is it more training what are some of the things that are just kind of best practices that we've we've learned to deal with these situations you know so there's really uh, first i'll say you know there's no recommendation to to arm staff in the buildings in the in the security audit but i do want to say there are a number of different things that they point out there's uh, there's facilities security that's looking at things like how do we protect the building from a car driving through it things like bollards uh you know protected glass indoors uh, monitoring of doors, uh, so we know what. So in our access control system, we can see when a door has been propped open, and it notifies people. Um, we talk about security technologies, some of the stuff that we've talked about already on this podcast, uh, such as weapons detection, AI for our cameras, and using that as a force multiplier. And it's also, I think, one of the biggest things is staffing because you can put all these particular things in place, uh, but if you don't have the staff being able to manage these things, it's not going to matter. So we look at things, uh, you know, just uh, Fred's team alone. And as we look at what we might be able to do there from an organizational structure, um, we look at our uh, third party contracts, contractors that we use. And we continue to look at how we uh, help facilitate that and enhance our uh, focus and our support there. And then uh, also our relationship with the police department and the SROs and how we can continue to provide that level of staff we need to protect those buildings. I think those are all really big uh, areas that are focused in this audit and that we need to continue to pursue. Um, when we think about making the building safe, I think, and making that feeling of wellness that I think that Fred talked about earlier, you know, uh, it's it's all about preparedness. When I when I go in as a teacher and have that that confidence that I know what I have to do if something happens, that does ease the mind a little bit. Doesn't mean you, you want something to happen, but you're more prepared for that. And I think when we look at things like training that we're in and we do these things in, in protocol but making that more of a uh, uh an empath put placing more of an emphasis on that type of thing will help us be more prepared and hopefully ease that uh concern when something does happen that's great just when just a quick follow-up just as we kind of wind up um you know that's that's part of it right here you have what 47 schools you know how do, how do you do that how do you have a a standard kind of plan or a standard approach is that even possible but I, but i know that is kind of where the 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 bulk of in my you know i'm assuming that's the bulk of where 
lot of the training needs to happen. And the peep to your point, I think that's a great point that people in the building who are often who are the targets um, that they know in, in any of these incidents that they're prepared, which is why you do the keyless access. You have the secure vestibules. It's where you put the cameras at. Um, is that is that kind of the plan moving forward is is, is to kind of have some standardization of where people begin to just have a heightened sense of awareness and that they are more, just more prepared to to deal with these things. You know, schools, as I know, are forming their own kind of safety committees and their own kind of protocols. You know, how do we how do we get ourselves and align ourselves with kind of some of those things so that we're kind of all on the same page? Yeah, I appreciate you asked that question, Earl. And one of the things we've already talking about, and this will be a phased approach. Where, you know, with our focus and emphasis right now in high schools, uh, we do need to perf- we need to form a security advisory team. Uh, right now, we're already talking about that with our high school principals. Uh, we need to have that feedback. We need to be able, and have that collaboration with the buildings as well. Let them bring forward, you know, some of their concerns, some of their questions. So, so Fred, uh, we can use that to help use the standards we already have in place uh, to be able to help facilitate some of those needs in the buildings. I think we need to be transparent in what we're doing uh, with the buildings uh, so we can champion what we're trying to accomplish uh, and really what we're trying to accomplish is keeping the students and the staff safe. So we have to have that partnership uh, between the district and the buildings as well. And we're excited to have those conversations as we go forward. And, and I'd like to add to that. As a district, it's important that we have a collaborative approach that we bring stakeholders to the table and that individual buildings not do things differently than the greater group. Um, Processes and procedures were put together before with committee bringing in stakeholders. So one of the things that I, I would be concerned about is if a building changes the way they do things and that is unique to that building where our responders come in expecting one thing and get something totally different, the outcome to that response might be totally different. So again, we need to have a coordinated, collaborative approach to any processes and procedures that we put in place in the district. Awesome. You know, it's just just a shout out to just all of our principals, our teachers, you know, our students, all the adults in our buildings. You you all have like me been in buildings. Um Though it, 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 that's what it comes down to. I think uh, sometimes just for our public doesn't understand, you know, people, it's about their school, right? It's about the principal that they trust, those teachers that they, they, they trust in those buildings, those adults that they trust uh, uh, in the building. And, and with that, I was just going to ask, uh, do you have, what's, if you see any latest in the data on how our families or students or staff feel uh, as, it, as it relates to safety, I mean, do it, overall, but is there a majority of those folks that feel safe? Our students, our students feel safe. Do you have you do you have any data on that? Uh, so I know that uh, there was a meeting uh, last week with the superintendent, student advisory council, and there were a couple ideas brought forward on what we need to, you know, with the weapons detection and some of the things we're talking about doing. I think there's a general feeling that we need to do more. And, uh, and I think students are excited that we're moving down a path to be able to secure the buildings uh, and make them more, feel more safe. You know, it, to be honest, I think, uh, I think there probably is a, a lowered sense of, uh, of, of safety, especially after the incident last week. Even though it was a swatting incident, you know, there was a moment of terror, like what could happen in my building? Uh, so, uh, 
that that really has launched into we need to move things a little bit faster along the pace uh, as we prepare for next year, uh, with particularly with the, you know weapons detection and some other things we're going to move forward with. So I think that general sense of safety is not where we need it to be. Awesome. You know, and that's a real honest answer, Jason. I think um, you know, we we can we can end it there. Usually, you know, we can. I, 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 we, we everything doesn't have to end on a on a on a great note. Sometimes it has it can just end on a very honest note, and uh, I think that's a very honest place to be. But that doesn't mean that we don't end on a happy note because both of y'all know in this interview, y'all know I gotta ask y'all some fun questions. You know, as we wind it up, as always, that means it's time to wrap it up. And I'm gonna start with you. I'm gonna start with you, Jay Rock. Let's, let's come with you, man. Yo, you know my answer. Let me see if your answers have changed. All right, let's bring it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Jason Barthel, you at home. You chilling. Lay back. You relaxing. You got some time to yourself. What with your family? You got, what's, your, what's, your, what's a movie? What's a TV show? What you, what, what you turn on the tube, man. What you, what you watching? That's something you can always, every time you see it, it's like, ah, I got to watch that. Well, outside of sports, um, something we always have on the TV at home, uh, and our whole family is wrapped around it, and we've watched watched every season probably five times, is The Office. <laughs> uh, and uh, I will say we, we use quotes around home all the time from The Office. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. probably our go-to show. Awesome. J-Rock, it's, it's your birthday. And your kids, your wife, they're like, hey, hey, we want, want to cook you something? You want to go somewhere? If, if, if you, if like, hey, my, this is my meal, my go-to every time. I'm going to devour this. Is there a restaurant that always serves your favorite dishes? Or is this like, look, I can eat this right here every day. What's your, go- what's your meal, your well, go-to? My go-to restaurant was, uh, was Joseph. I really love the steaks there. Unfortunately, they're no longer in business here. But, you know, a, a good steak, and that could be at a restaurant. That could be at home uh, okay. and tossing okay. on the grill. Even if, if it is late November. We'll fire up the grill and throw a big old uh, ribeye steak on the grill. Very nice, very nice. The last one, last one. Hey, you know, Jason, my car broke down. My car's in the shop. Earl, no problem, man. I'll give you a ride home. We jump in your ride. We turn on the music. You know what I'm saying? As soon as you, as soon as you hit play, what, what am I hearing? Well, anything and everything, I'll say that first. To be honest, right now, um, uh, my, my, my son and I are rocking J. Cole. So, okay. so we, we jump around a little bit of everything, but um, me and my nice son are, 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 like, are jiving on that right now. So. That's what's up. I love J. Cole. That's a great choice. Great choice. Freddie D, my man. All right, I'm doing reverse. We're going to just pick up right there. Fred, you know, I know you got eclectic taste too, but hey, if you relaxing, hey, you, you uh, somewhere and. You just feel like listening to some music, you know, or just say, hey, I'm just in that mood. I want to hear something. What, what, what you cranking? Well, I, too, like everything. Um, but right now I'm listening to the 70s on Sirius. <laughs> and then same right back at you, Fred, in terms of, um, you know, whether it's sports or whatever, but if you if you're gonna watch something on TV, if you're actually gonna sit down and, and and actually watch something, is there something that just really draws your attention and draws you in? So for me, it's sports. Um, I'm not really a TV watcher anymore. It's kind of changed for me. So sports, awesome. definitely. Yeah, sports, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm similar. I'm yep. similar. And then last but not least, hey Fred, hey, it's your man Earl Dotson Jr. 
It's your birth. Let me take you out to lunch. Or your family. Hey, they want to go out, take you out, or, or they want to prepare something for you. What do they know? Like, he's going to love this. This is go-to. So my birthday was the other day, and my go-to meal for my birthday is real simple. Spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> Growing up in New York, Wednesday is Prince Spaghetti Day, for those of you that know what I'm talking about. But I will also agree with Jason. A great steak is always fantastic, and I love Lone Star. Awesome. Hey, look, I, I really appreciate you both of you, your time. I appreciate what you do for the district. Thank you for um, a very honest and open and uh, frank discussion about security. It's a very important thing. It's what the superintendent says is his biggest priority is to keep our staff and our students safe. And I know both of you guys, are you're at the forefront of that. And so I just, uh, on behalf of all the people that you do that work for, I, I want to say thank you for what you do because I know uh, you got the two, we got two of the best right here who are, who are whose uh, eyes are on that. And so I appreciate you taking the time to talk about these things. And thank you, Earl Dotson Jr., 205 Vibe Live, the podcast. And shout out, hey, look, y'all don't may not know. We don't, behind the scenes, they don't get they don't get away with it. Shout out to, to the new producer, Kim Pedersen. Thank you for controlling the ones and the twos. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news on rps205.com slash 205 vibe.